If you travel a lot for work or for a vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. What's up? What's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because your nine to five may make you a living, but your five to nine makes you alive. I've got book marketing on the brain lately in support of my latest self-publishing effort, 1K 100 Ways which features many of the fine guests on this very program and other members of the Side Hustle Nation community on how they came up with their ideas, how much it costs to get them off the ground, their most effective marketing tactics, and how long it took to reach that $1,000 profit milestone. You can find that at 1k100ways.com. In today's episode, I want to share some book marketing ideas slash tips slash strategies And my hope is that many of these can be applied outside of the self-publishing space as well. Maybe not all of them, but as you listen in, think about how you might be able to take a similar strategy to your own business, even if you're not trying to sell books. Notes and links for this one are at sidehustlenation.com slash book tips, where you'll also be able to download my self-publishing checklist. There's naturally a lot that goes into the publishing process, and I think this little guide will help keep you on track and stay on top of all the little steps along the way. Again, that's at sidehustlenation.com slash book tips, all one word. I'm going to share some of the strategies that I've used over the years to launch and sell books, plus some advice from other successful Amazon authors. And actually first on this list is Mr. Steve Scott. He's the author of Habit Stacking and a uh, veritable plethora of other titles. His suggestion is to launch at 99 cents and then stagger your promotion efforts. He says, it's been my experience that Amazon rewards consistent sales by displaying your books in uh, key sections on the site, like top 100 lists. The uh, customers also bought sections of related books and targeted campaigns. But the only way they're going to do this is if they see that a book is getting sales over an extended period of time. So Steve's suggestion is to launch the book at a low price, like 99 cents, and then promote it through a bunch of different channels. He gave the example when he launches a book, he tries to spread out that initial launch marketing effort over five to seven days, which could include his email list a couple times, emails from other authors who are nice enough to promote it to their list. He's talking about Facebook ads, Amazon marketing service ads, which we'll talk about in a little bit social media updates, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, book promotion websites. We'll talk about those in a little bit as well. He's talking about a uh, blog post on his own site, certain Facebook groups if they allow you to promote. He said, I think the big mistake that authors make is they try to put all their launch efforts into one day. And so what happens is the book shoots to the top of the charts, which is great. You know, maybe you hit that bestseller status, 
but then you drop like a rock, you know, within a day, within two days. And instead, by spacing out your promotional efforts, you give Amazon enough time to say that you're for real, that this book is selling well, and they're going to try and reward you by promoting it on their end, right? Getting this marketing flywheel spinning. This sentiment was echoed by Adam Hoagie on the show a few years ago, who said, you know, don't overextend your promotion on that first day, because if anything, you want to have what he described as a slow burn, and then go all out on your last day before the promotional period launch pricing increases, before the price increases. And that was something that I probably could have done better with for my buy buttons launch. I think I did a six-day launch Monday to Saturday. It felt like it was dragging on forever. And one thing that Steve pointed out here that I think has a broader application is all of the different potential customer touch points that you might have, all your different social media channels, the email lists that you have or may have access to, your website, all these different ad platforms. And that actually leads me to tip number two, and that's to use your email signature. I think this is an overlooked marketing strategy. It's a good place to soft sell your books or really anything else you're working on. You probably send dozens of emails throughout the day, and that adds up to a little extra exposure for your work. Just what would it look like to have a little link underneath your name? Hey, this is my latest project. Click here to go check it out. Or I wrote a book, you know, something like that. Curiosity inducing. Let people know what you're up to. Tip number three is Kindle keywords. And this is from Mr. Kindle keyword, Dave Chesson from Kindlepreneur.com. These are the terms that you're going to want to work into your title. Dave says the best time to start marketing your book is when you decide to start writing the book and thinking of who your target reader is going to be, who that avatar is going to be. What are they looking for? What do they need help with? What words might they use when they're searching on Amazon to find something uh, to solve their problem? What words are they going to be used to find your book? He says those are called Kindle keywords. These are the terms that you're going to want to work into your title, your subtitle, your description, maybe even your behind the scenes KDP keywords. For example, buy buttons has make extra money as one keyword in the subtitle. It has start a business as another keyword in the subtitle. The side hustle book is called The Side Hustle. Like That's a prominent keyword on Amazon. And then 1K100 Ways has uh, also a variation of that make money keyword in the subtitle. When your launch is over, how are people going to find your thing? What are people going to type in to find you? I think this goes not just for Amazon, obviously, but also for Google, for YouTube, for Apple Podcasts, for Fiverr, Udemy, Etsy, eBay, you know, any number of these mini search engines that we've talked about where people can discover you. SEO, it's not just for bloggers anymore. Dave was a guest on uh, the Side Hustle Show back in episode 145 discussing the art and science of Amazon SEO. He was actually a guest uh, more recently than that. We talked about different website monetization strategies in early 2020. I'll link up both of those episodes for you at sidehustlenation.com slash book tips. Joseph Hogue, who is the author of Crushing YouTube and a bunch of other personal finance titles, he added, don't forget that Amazon is a search tool and needs to know what your book is about in order to be able to rank it. And so his suggestion was to use every word of your Amazon description limit. And I think they give you 4,000 or so characters to play with here which most people aren't going to read all the way to the bottom. That's totally okay. Joe suggested make it like a blog post with a headline, with paragraph headings, with bullet points, with calls to action. 
and you can use an HTML generator. And Amazon has done this a little bit better in their own dashboard, but uh, Kindlepreneur has one as well. This HTML generator to add these header tags and subheadings to give your description a little more Amazon search power. Thanks to Dave and Joseph Hogue for those suggestions on Kindle keywords and thinking of Amazon as a search engine. Tip number four is the ABCD title and cover test. This comes from Derek Depker. He's the author of Breakthrough Your BS and uh, several other titles. He says you'll never get a book sale without first getting something else. And that something else is a potential book buyer's attention. He says this is mainly done through a captivating cover and title where he goes through the process of brainstorming a bunch of different titles and then running surveys to make sure he's got the right one. And he calls it his ABCD formula. A for attention grabbing, B for believable, C for curiosity inducing, believable but still curiosity inducing, and then D for different slash unique. Derek described running multiple surveys and split tests amongst his audience for uh, different titles and subtitles variations. And he says this effort is well worth it when you consider that your book has got to stand out against thousands of other competing books, all fighting for the same target reader's attention. So Derek, thank you for that. For 1K100 Ways, I did a couple sample cover design uh, surveys through my email list and in the Side Hustle Nation Facebook group. Both times, they came back with pretty clear winners. So I pitted the winner of the first round of surveys against a new design in survey number two, and the second variation trounced that one, which makes life a little bit easier than if it were a toss-up. The most common bit of feedback that I got was that the title, it's awkward. You know, 100 ways to earn an extra $1,000 would be easier to understand. And I don't disagree with that, but to me, it sounds more like a blog post than a book, I guess. I don't know. And I didn't want to change it at that stage of the game. So awkward it is. And for the cover design, one other thing that you can do is uh, you can screenshot the Amazon page of the uh, bestsellers in your category and then maybe overlay the thumbnail of the different cover concepts you're considering just to see which one stands out more than the others. So that was number four, an attention-grabbing title and cover. Tip number five is to build your email list before you launch. I know everybody hammers home the importance of building your list. And of course, that's oftentimes easier said than done. One interesting way to do it, especially for authors, is this book giveaway strategy that Derek Murphy from creativeindie.com described way back in episode 224. And then for book giveaways, I would just do like the giveaway of 10 books that are similar to mine and build a big list. That's done pretty well for me. I built like 8,500 before I launched my first book. And then I've gotten it up to like 30,000 young adult readers in the last year. Wow. Which is enough. Like I could, I kind of wanted to build it up to a hundred thousand just for fun. (laughs) And I could do that. But when you do a lot of giveaways, authors usually are skeptical because it's true that when you do a lot of giveaways, you get a lot of freebie seekers who, who aren't really fans of your genre. So you have to be selective in your targeting. You don't want to appeal to everybody. So it's not really a great idea to give away like a, a gift card or something. But if you advertise specifically to people who like those books and they're only winning like a package of young adult books, it's probably going to be the right readers and only the right, the right readers. Yeah, give me a walkthrough of this. So you bought these 10 books, or you're going to buy them for these people. So that costs you, you know, a hundred bucks, probably at the higher end. Right. What's the Facebook ad budget look like that to get to that 8,500 launch list? 
About a hundred bucks to do it. A hundred bucks to get eighty five hundred people, dude. That's crazy cheap. Well, because with King Sumo, so you you advertise it to get it started, and the nice thing about doing it on Facebook or something is they'll probably follow you on Facebook anyway because you're promoting this giveaway, this nice giveaway with best selling books that they recognize. So they're they're like, oh, this guy is giving away good stuff. Let's follow him on Facebook. And then when you share it, because on King Sumo you get more points when you share the giveaway, so they'll share it on Twitter and Facebook. And when they share it on Twitter, they're using my handle, my Twitter handle. So as a byproduct, I get a lot of likes on Twitter and Facebook. But then they're sharing, like I might get a couple hundred people to sign up for the giveaway, but then I can email them and say, you have more chances to win. There's still another week to win. There's another day to to win. I can keep encouraging them to keep sharing. So they'll keep sharing to their friends and it will be picked up by more friends and more friends. So it kind of just keeps spreading. If it's a really good juicy prize with best-selling books that they that they recognize and they want, especially physical books. It works really, it's worked really well for my genre, especially. Derek's the author of Book Marketing is Dead and a bunch of other uh, mostly fiction titles. The software he mentioned is called King Sumo, which helps facilitate these viral giveaways, these hopefully viral giveaways. And it looks like there's a free web app version of that right now, so it might be worth checking out. And of course, if you do have an email list, I think you're going to want to let your subscribers know, uh, tease this out, that you're working on a book, try and drum up some advanced interest for your launch, rather than just uh, springing it on everybody, like, surprise, hey, I wrote a book, it's live. But for me, especially with the uh, buy buttons launch in 2016, this was definitely the single biggest driver of launch week sales, the email list was. So my sequence of broadcasts was Monday, Thursday, and then a Saturday last chance before the price goes up email for that six-day launch. And I could see a noticeable, measurable spike on the sales chart every time that I hit send to that email list. I mean, these are the people who already know, like, and trust you enough to let you into their inbox. So it definitely makes sense to prioritize list building as a marketing strategy whether you're in self-publishing or really any other business. And on the back of that, tip number six is to consider a pre-sale. If you already have a bit of a following, why not try and pre-sell your book? This comes from Natalie Sisson, who wrote The Suitcase Entrepreneur, who I think she pre-sold on Kickstarter. She's done a couple other books since then, including one that was pre-sold on Publishizer. She says this has the advantage of, number one, validating your book idea, But number two, bringing people along on the journey of writing and launching it, letting them be a chance of that journey and helping shape the book and its outcome. It's definitely a common strategy for online courses as well. In fact, that's how I validated the trafficcourse.com earlier in the year, but you can use it for books too. In my case, it wasn't a concerted crowdfunding campaign on a third-party platform or anything like that. It was just, hey, I'm thinking of building this thing. I get a lot of questions about SEO. Here's a low, low, you know, pre-sales price. If I get 20 sales, I'll go ahead and put this together. And I think the subject line was, should I build this? And it ended up getting a really positive response. Probably the most famous example in our space in the book world is uh, John Lee Dumas pre-selling the Freedom Journal to the tune of $400,000 plus on Kickstarter. And what's interesting here is the opportunity to go way above and beyond the price of the book. You can have bulk order deals, you can have sponsorship packages, mastermind retreats, private coaching, you know, public speaking gigs, you name it. And that was how he was able to really, really drive up some interest and validate, oh my gosh, there is a ton of demand for this thing. 
When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over three and a half million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you travel a lot for work or for a vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. Tip number seven is to publish in all formats. By that, I mean Kindle, paperback, and audiobook, all three formats. Let people consume how they want to consume. I prefer Kindle. My brother loves hard copies. Other friends haven't read a book in years, but they're audiobook junkies. I still need to work on the audiobook uh, version of 1K 100 Ways. It'll definitely be the longest audiobook project of my career so far, but I'll get it done. And Audible royalties are like an incremental income stream. They've been a steady kind of extra cash flow for a lot of years. And I think the parallel here for other businesses is to think, how can you take the content that you've already created and repurpose it to another channel, to YouTube, to podcasts, to guest posts, to social media? How can you let people consume how they want to consume? Tip number eight is to consider getting a vanity domain. I don't know if this is the technical term for this, but this is what I consider like a dedicated URL for your book. For example, I own buybuttonsbook.com. I own progressjournal.net. I own uh, worksmarter.co. And most recently, I own 1k100ways.com. And actually, I bought that domain like years ago. And that's why I'm kind of like married to the title. Like, oh, I bought this domain like probably four or five years ago. I knew this was a book project that I just wanted to get done. And finally, you know, it's one of these things that kind of needle at you for years and years. And you finally get around to doing it. Or that's a good sign that it's something that you ought to tackle if it's something that, that just doesn't go away. So 1k100ways.com. Where this becomes valuable is if you're doing podcast interviews, if you have a podcast of your own. Even if you're blogging, it's just easier than like trying to dig up your, your Amazon affiliate link every single time. 
It's just here is an easy to say URL that, that people can remember over and over again. So that's something that, that I have used quite often, starting with Work Smarter. And I did a bunch of podcast interviews in support of that. And then you could track you know, how many people click on that through the magic of affiliate link tracking. Lots of benefits to doing that way. Well worth the annual cost of registration there. Tip number nine is to assemble your launch team. So this is a really important strategy for all new authors and even you know multi-time returning authors. So a launch team is a group of people who agree to support your book. They agree to read a copy in advance. And very importantly, they agree to leave a review as early on in the launch process as possible. Because if you can get to this uh, critical mass, if you can get to 10 reviews, if you can get to double digits, all of a sudden your book's page on Amazon looks official. It looks legit. Hey, people are reading this. People like this. All of a sudden, I think you're going to see your conversion rates on otherwise cold traffic and even even warm traffic from your own email list. They're going to come to that page and say, oh, it's got positive feedback. It's got positive reviews. I'm going to take my chances with this one. So how do you recruit a launch team? For me, I've done it a couple different ways. Most recently for 1K100 Ways was just a, a little PS at the bottom of one of my newsletters. Hey, P.S. Would you be interested in an advanced review copy of my upcoming book? And you know, got forty or fifty people to reply to that, and that's kind of was good enough. Previously, I had asked around in the Side Hustle Nation Facebook group, I think for buy buttons. That's how I kind of recruited the launch team there. I think before I even had kind of a an intake survey, like, do you want to do this? It's probably not necessary, and you can do this even if you don't have an existing audience. Like my brother Chris just wrote a book called Wood Floats. It's this like hilarious memoir collection of short stories, like from, you know, growing up and all the crazy teenage shenanigans and stuff like that. But he didn't have much of an audience to speak of, but he still was able to get 30 reviews, which I thought was awesome prior to his more public launch just by, you know, recruiting friends and family. And it helped, you know, of course, it helps that, that the product is good. I don't know why I'm like, <laughs> I shouldn't be surprised. Like he's an excellent writer, but it helps to have a good product. But you can do this even if you don't have an existing audience, just, you know, relying on friends, families, colleagues, coworkers, stuff like that. But the key here is to seed this listing with some positive reviews. So that's number nine, assemble your launch team. Tip number 10 is make it easy for people to share. So one other thing you can ask of your launch team, if they like the book, if they're interested or willing to do this, help spread the word, you know, share it with their email list, share it on social media. In the past, I've used a tool called hrefshare.com, I think, to generate these uh, like click to share uh, social media posts for Twitter and Facebook. Remember like click to tweet back in the day? It's kind of similar, except it works for Facebook too. And it was free. But this was the idea where it's like, I don't want to have to come up with something, you know, on my own to post about this book. And so here, it was, this was the easy button. Just click this link, you know, it'll pre-populate something for you to share. And I also, as an alternative, I said, well, here's my public status, my public launch status on Facebook for the day. And it's like, you know, it was purposely shared as an image because I theoretically Facebook likes images more than links, but as, as you know, shared as an image post, hopefully an attention getting image that, you know, stops the scroll. I give people the option to share that as well. Like, Hey, if you don't want to write this thing, you can just share my post. One of the mistakes early on with work smarter was I didn't set that status to public. So it was like, even if people did share, like only still my friends could see it. So forget, you know, forget the Facebook privacy setting, set that one to public to have a wider reach on that, but make it easy for people to share as tip number 10. Tip number 11 is to consider some paid promotions. This comes from Sally Ann Miller. She's the author of 
a dozen different books in the make money space. There are these email lists of book fans, of Kindle readers who like to get notified about new titles, interesting titles. The most famous of these, and probably the most effective, is uh, called BookBub, B-U-B, BookBub.com. But they're kind of picky about what titles they accept. If you don't get in on your first try, you know, try, try again. But there's a bunch of other ones, and I'll, I'll try and dig up a recent list and include that in the show notes for you at SideHustleNation.com slash book tips. Awesome Gang is one that I've used in the past. Book Sends is one that I've used in the past. The challenge really with all of these, and these are paid promotions, like how do I pay to get access to somebody else's email list? The challenge is you've got all your other marketing efforts firing at the same time. So it's hard, if not impossible, to measure the direct results from any of these investments. But the lesson here beyond books is leverage other people's audiences. Who are your target customers already paying attention to? If you can pay a few bucks and get in front of a new audience of potential readers, maybe you give that Amazon algorithm, you know, a healthy little nudge in your favor. I think that probably makes sense. Along those same lines, tip number 12 is to leverage your connections. This came in from Michał Stavitsky. He's the author of The Art of Persistence. He said, every time I was able to get support from other people interested in my book, my results were multiplied. Of course, the bigger audience they had, the better results. But there's a twist to that. If my book and their audience is highly compatible, it's even better than the size of their following. So relevance over sheer magnitude. And to use another John Lee Dumas example, we saw uh, this last winter where he sent out advanced copies of his book, The Common Path to Uncommon Success. He sent one to me and probably 200 other podcasters. I liked it. I invited him on the show. And it was a way for him to expand his reach during that book launch. Who do you know? Who might make a good strategic partner? We did an episode on this probably early 2014 with Ryan Cote, who was doing SEO work as his side hustle. Still a super relevant episode all these years later. What he found was that web design agencies were perfect partners for him. Their clients were already investing in their online presence but they needed some help getting traffic. It was a win-win for everybody. Now, for my old book editing business, my freelance book editing business, one of my strategic partners actually was self-publishing school. It was, you know, this steady stream of inquiries. Who are your target customers already doing business with? For another example, for Bryn and her wedding photography business, she and her partner reached out to local wedding venues. Hey, what's the process like to get on your preferred vendor list? Asking the question. That's tip number 12, leverage your connections. And a twist on that, number 13, is to partner with larger brands. This came in from Brandon Turner from Bigger Pockets. He's the author of the book on rental property investing, which has over 4,700 reviews at this point. He says, my biggest tip on having a massive launch is to partner with a brand that can send absurd amounts of sales to you, especially if you don't have a large brand of your own. He says, ask yourself this, are you better off getting 100% of 100 books sold or 50% of 1,000 books or 10% of a million books? Find a larger brand online and work out a win-win partnership where they can make a ton of money without needing to do a ton of work and you can make a ton of money without needing to have a large brand on your own. I think this is actually a really interesting strategy to pursue, not just for books, but for online courses and even physical products as well. We've seen some examples. What if you have some uh, like niche specific expertise 
that could appeal to someone else's audience and they're not currently covering it? Could you co-create that resource and then split the proceeds? We have an example from Vincent Puglisi in episode 254. That was freelance to freedom from 30 grand a year to 30 grand in a day. So Vincent has, he's a fantastic photographer. He's had this expertise in journalism and sports photography. He ended up partnering with a website owner that had a big audience of parents who wanted to take better pictures. So they teamed up and created this training on sports photography for kids. And that was where the 30 grand in a day came from. Had this huge launch. It was this like amazing moment. Like I used to make this much in a year's worth of work. So partnering with bigger brands. In the physical product world, Stephen Key's been on the podcast a couple times from InventRight talking about product licensing, coming up with this creative or innovative twist on a physical product that's already selling. But instead of trying to get it manufactured and branding it and selling it all on your own, Instead, licensing it to a company that already has the expertise and the distribution relationships to do all that stuff. It's kind of like the Walmart effect, right? You could go at it alone. You could try to build up your own audience from scratch, or you could try and get onto the shelves of Walmart, tap into this audience that somebody else has already built and be able to serve more people that way. Tip number 14 comes from Stephen Key himself. He's the author of One Simple Idea. I really like this tip. It's to encourage pictures. He said, when the first edition of One Simple Idea launched, I ran a campaign asking people who'd bought the book to send me an image of their receipt and then a a photo of themselves holding up the book in exchange for access to exclusive content, free webinars, something like that. Lead magnets. We're about to get to that strategy as well. But Stephen says that this strategy worked on a lot of levels, but very much visually, which turned out to be great social media content. He said it was uh, allowing them to keep engaging with interested readers because it made it seem like everybody had their hands on a copy. Highly recommend. So inspired by Stephen's strategy, I tried to send out uh, paperback copies to all the entrepreneurs whose stories were included in 1K 100 Ways. I mean, I thought this would be a cool way to give back to them, first of all, to thank them for their contribution. But I also had this you know, sneaking suspicion that it might lead to some social media exposure. Of course, no obligation, no pressure for it, but you know, I thought that would be a cool strategy to test out and thanks Stephen for that. Now, I think there are a lot of other businesses that really lend themselves to this encouraging pictures strategy too. Obviously, photography being one of them, but I think before and afters can work really well for fitness. You got to be kind of careful, but for painting, for pressure washing, for cleaning, uh, in the online world like website redesigns, stuff like that. I did a little YouTube video with Scott Anderson from the Side Hustle Nation community. And his story is actually in 1K 100 Ways. This is kind of cool because he talked about using a before and after picture to market his pressure washing business on Facebook. And it was a pretty effective uh, attention grabber. So that's tip number 14, encourage pictures. Tip number 15 we just alluded to is to offer readers some reason to join your email list. This could be some type of bonus content a companion course, a study guide, an activity book. I think it was Matt Ralph uh, was using that for his Sam the Speedy Sloth children's book, uh, you know, the companion activity book, but some sort of complimentary resource that readers can access in exchange for their email address. Because Amazon's not sharing that information with you, but you'd love to be able to tell people about your next title or, you know, the other relevant products or services that you have. And for extra credit, 
my suggestion would be to put it in the first 10% of the book because that often shows up in the look inside feature uh, that's on Amazon. That way, you know, people want to preview the book, they can flip through the first few pages. That way you can even potentially earn email subscribers from Amazon for free, even if people don't buy your book. This was something uh, that Chandler and I talked about on our recent webinar. In his case, he was given away the audiobook edition of his book, The Productive Person. And that was the example that we're looking at as a way to collect emails. For 1K 100 Ways, my bonus opt-in offer is a workbook that I put together to help uh, people brainstorm side hustle ideas, narrow down your options, and then you know some marketing strategies to take action and earn your first sales. And the pitch is, look, you're about to read, or you know at the end of the book, because I included it in both places, or you just read, uh, 100 different ways to make extra money. Let's figure out one you can take action on. I've got some dedicated tracking set up for once. Um, I'm not usually very good at this. Dedicated tracking setup, so I'll be able to see how that opt-in performs. But number 15, again, offer readers some reason to join your email list. And tip number 16 to bring it home is to cultivate ongoing sales. After the launch is over, after the dust settles, hopefully you've achieved bestseller status. Maybe you grab that glorious, uh, if however fleeting, screenshot. You know, I I, I got proof. Now it's time to drive some evergreen sales. I see a couple avenues for those. The first is on Amazon, Amazon Discovery. This can be either organic or paid with uh, AMS ads, Amazon Marketing Services ads. Organic would be the keyword search-driven discovery that Dave Chesson and Joseph Hogue talked about, or it could be category ranking-driven. Some people will shop by like, oh, what are the best sellers in entrepreneurship today? I'll go shop that way sometimes. Amazon Marketing Services on the paid side is actually pretty slick. This is where you can bid as low as a few cents per click to advertise your book against uh, similar or complementary titles or authors in your space. I've definitely found it to be an ROI positive way to increase exposure and sales on Amazon. You know, occasionally you're going to have to breathe new life into these old titles by running another discounted promotion. You know, maybe you relaunch it to members of your email list who have joined since the original launch, which is something that I've done before. The second channel here, so Amazon Discovery was one, and then the second channel is kind of like your own marketing efforts, your own kind of evergreen marketing efforts, a few different places to play around here. First would be your email welcome sequence. How do you, you know, as you onboard new people who didn't discover you through Amazon, you know, are you introducing them to your books on Amazon or elsewhere? One common strategy here is to promote your audiobook. Hey, did you know you can get my, you know, the audiobook version of my thing for free when you sign up for your Audible trial? That way you earn some Audible bounties. You know, it's it's definitely a common strategy there. The other thing that I try and do is work it into relevant content on my site. So you'll see me plugging the progress journal on just about every progress report that I've published on the blog in the past couple of years. Every time we talk about the buy buttons strategy, it's like, well, here's a chance to link to buy buttons book. You know, whether or not that drives a lot of sales, it's hard to say, but it is something that, you know, lets people know that you've got a book. It helps build that authority, build links to those titles. And over the long term, you know, maybe you do something like outreach to other bloggers that you find who have lists like, you know, the 15 best books about, you know, fill in the blank topic or, you know, 10 books that every profession in this industry should read, you know, for whatever your niche is. You know, you know, you send them a free copy, you ask if you think your work is worthy of inclusion, worthy of addition to their blog post there. And this is where your creativity really starts to come into play. Like, what's next? You know, do you start working on the next title? Do you have a higher ticket offer that you could sell? 
Do you never want to think about a Word document and a blinking cursor again? You know, this is the final point on you know cultivating ongoing sales. It's really the challenge for almost every business. Yes, I think we can all get excited. We can all flex our marketing muscles for a launch. But what sustains a business over the long term is a consistent flow of revenue. And that's where you start to build systems surrounding partnerships, around email, SEO, social traffic, YouTube, word of mouth, you know, whatever it's going to be for you. But you've done the thing now. You know, maybe imposter syndrome maybe never completely goes away, but at least you've beaten it back a little bit by taking action. And I know that I had a lot of fun compiling this list. Hopefully it was helpful for you as well. SideHustleNation.com slash book tips is where you'll find the full text summary of these points. And you'll also be able to download my self-publishing checklist. There's a lot that goes into the publishing process. And this is a little guide to help you stay on track and on top of all the steps along the way. Again, that's at SideHustleNation.com slash book tips. Big thanks to all the authors who shared their insight. That is it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of The Side Hustle Show. Hustle on.